about faith from the point of view of Hebrews and then anything else, sort of the wrap-up stuff we can do next week. So I want to start with Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 1. So this is the definition of faith according to the writer of Hebrews. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, last week we had, we had the panel on, on hope and there was that talk about hope being an anchor into... Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess there's... I see it almost as, a hang, as an anchor into the heavenly, uh, the, you know, the heavenly court of the king, and uh, and that we can be we can be firmly anchored in that place. And so hope is the confidence. So faith is the confidence in that hope. Faith is the kind of foundation for it. We can hope for lots of things, but if we don't have faith that they will come to pass, then it's just kind of optimism, right? So we have this, this view of faith that, that is, is being articulated here in this whole, the whole book of Hebrews has been leading up to this. And we, we need to, I want to just differentiate a little bit because this word faith gets thrown around and means lots of things. And people, uh, usually uh, uh, people on the internet, will accuse Christians of blind faith. And, uh, and not just people on the internet, but that's where I see it a lot. But actually, faith is, is only as good as the substance of that faith. Faith is only as good as what that faith is in. I'm a fairly big unit, and uh, sometimes I don't have much faith that, chairs, that a chair will hold me. And sometimes I'm proven right. <laughs> so, you know... It's not my, I could have all the faith in the world that the chair will hold me, but if the chair won't hold me, the chair won't hold me. It's got nothing to do with how much faith I have. It's all got everything to do with the chair. So that's, the, that's what I want to talk about, really, is what is the substance of our faith? What is the, the hope? What is it that we hope for, and what is the assurance that we have that we do not see? Uh, I can hope for a better world. I can hope for a life beyond death. But unless I actually believe in someone or something that can do that, then all I've got is some nice optimism. Uh, and if you, if you break down a lot of New Age religion, it turns into uh, a sort of generalised optimism about that I can wish fulfil, I can turn things into reality simply by actualising it, by thinking about it or wanting it enough. It doesn't work. Uh, I think our, our, our broken world is, has plenty of evidence of that. So, faith is confidence in, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So, in, in, I was thinking about this and just, I suppose, wanted to place these things where they are in my head. So this is just in my head. Faith is the foundation that we then rest our hope on and that then gives us, uh, that, that brings us into and gives us the ability to engage with the love of God. But you could reverse that, right? Because it's the love of God when he comes to us and gives us faith and hope. So these things are all tightly intertwined with each other. Uh, and yes, I do agree with Paul that the greatest of them is love. But we actually have to have faith to believe the love of God. Without faith, we can't actually 
it's hard to really believe that he did all he's done for us, all that we sang about. I, I was thinking about Aisha's quote there, right, that he will wipe away the tears. She's being persecuted. She has faith in him and his love and his promise for that, even if it doesn't happen in her lifetime. So, what is the object or the substance of our, and the sub- substance of our faith? So if we look at Hebrews 11, the first thing, right? So in Hebrews two, uh, 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen uh, was not made out of what is visible. Is what it says here. I don't know if I've quite got that same. Oh, you have. There you go. It's nice when it matches up. Um, we look at creation and celebrate the creator. That's the first thing. When, when they talk about hope and our assurance and the confidence of what we hope for, the first thing they talk about for faith is that the, the author talks about for faith is that we look at creation and celebrate the creator. We look at it and go, wow, isn't it amazing that, that this was made and someone made it and wow, aren't you amazing for making it? This is one of the things that when I first became a Christian, so I uh, went to university and trained as a philosopher and a scientist. Uh, and really um, uh, drank of the cup of secular atheism. And then God turned up and t- completely uh, tipped all that on its head. But I am, I am, I have, I have absolute confidence and assurance that this world was made by God. And I believe that, not based on some blind faith that the internet atheists will accuse me of I believe it based on the evidence I think there is absolutely great evidence from science, from maths and, and uh, from uh, philosophy in terms of moral law and I also believe it based on the subjective evidence of actually the experience of God I've had in my life it started there because God knew that I wasn't going to come to it through, the, through looking at the evidence from science or that kind of stuff. He had to step into my life and intervene and go, hey, actually, I'm real. And, uh, but then I went and I looked. Because I was like, how do I reconcile this? And I looked, and the more I looked, the more I found that actually this universe, this world, the whole thing that we are living in is perfectly designed for you for you to see it there's this great song called Saturn by a band called Sleeping at Last and in it they, they say isn't it isn't, it's amazing that the universe exists for my eyes and it's that it's there there's a funny thing um, the kids were showing me uh, John Lennox is an Oxford uh, mathematician and apologist and he was debating Richard Dawkins, and there's this, this uh, oh no, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, I should stop. But he basically just, he, he talks about how he believes, based, John Lennox talks about how he believes, based on the evidence, both the objective and subjective evidence for God. And there's a thing that people talk about called the anthropic principle, right? The world is designed to have people in it. The response that an atheist would have to that is, well, of course it is because we're here to see it. But that's not an answer. If you, you know, the universe is here, and it's obviously designed for us to be in it because it's obviously designed for us to be in it. But that happened by chance. That's the logic 
that they'll have. It's like, well, actually, it's obviously designed for us to be in it because it was made that way. So anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll come out of the rabbit hole, Matt. <laughs> come out of the rabbit hole. Um, anyway. So then further on, so in, in the opening section here, we see that the writer mentions Abel, who brought a, a pleasing a sacrifice to God that was deemed more pleasing than Cain's. And we see that uh, Enoch lived a life that was pleasing to God and was taken up, one of two people in the Bible that was taken up to be with God uh, without dying. Wow. It's like, whoa, dude, that's pretty awesome. And he lived like, like 900 years or something too. It's like, maybe not that long, that was Methuselah, but he lived a long time. But we see this, and so there's three things. In the opening chapters, or the, sorry, the opening verses of Hebrews, we see three things. Faith that looks at creation and celebrates the creator. Faith that looks at death and celebrates and, and, and looks to life beyond death. And faith that looks God in the face and trusting him builds, a, builds on that trust to build a life that pleases him. This was true, as it says here, the, this is what the ancients were commended for, and it's what we are commended for too. God made everything. God gives us hope of life beyond our, the life that we lead now, life beyond death, and that we have this hope that we can, that, that we can build, we can trust God. And we can build a life on what he says to us. This is the substance, or part of the substance. So, so we go on, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring this into land in a minute, hopefully. So we have, we look at Abraham. So if, um, if we go to verse 8, I think. Progressives, I need a, like a big print Bible these days. <laughs> By faith, Abraham, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs to the same, with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. So we have faith, Abraham's faith. You know, he upped with his family and left and went to a different country. At the end of his life, the only bit of land he owned really was the grave, was the cave that was, his, was for his grave. And yet he went there and he went on the promise. He went based on the promise and, and believing the promise. And he saw ahead to something much greater. He saw ahead to, and if you think about the, the promise that God made to him about his descendants outnumbering the stars who would be a blessing to the whole world. You know, he, he, Abraham believed the promises of God. He believed that God was a covenant-keeping God. So we've been talking about Hebrews, right? And the Hebrews got all the stuff about covenant. We, we have faith in God as creator. We also have faith in God as covenant-keeper. He keeps his promises. He makes promises to his people, and he keeps them. 
And then, hence starting with the cities, there's the faith of what God is going to do. What does it look like? You know, if you, if you think about the grand story of the Bible, we have this, this garden and these people in the garden and they spend this time with garden. I've just been reading this story to Malachi uh, in, a, in a, a kid's Bible. And he and, and those people live and walk in the presence of God and then, then doubt creeps in. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of, bit of license here, but they, they kind of, maybe they lose a little bit of faith. They lose a little bit of, you can think about faith as trust. They lose a little bit of trust. They, they listen to a voice that is coming in from, from somewhere else that is sowing seeds of doubt that lead to mistrust, that lead to them not really taking God at his word and then doing something that causes the separation, right? That, that, by the way, I am possibly four degrees, not four bacon degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, because I haven't been in a movie with him, but Natalia um, knows, knew or knows Brett McKenzie, who then knows someone who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. So four de- yeah. There you go. So she, she has three bacon degrees... I just have four degrees of separation. Um, So So there you go. But but we we have this um, you know this 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 separation. We were and and, and I was thinking about infinite degrees of separation from God in that moment of rebellion and sin and death come into the world. But God doesn't give up on His creation. At the you know He said when He made it, it's good, and He loves it. He loves us and he loves what he has made. And his plan has, has, has been and is to redeem it and recreate it. And, and then in the Bible we see that this, this, there's this sense in which, um, if you look at the beginning and the end, so that we start with a garden and we end with a city. And then we look at Hebrews and the people here when they were looking forward in faith, Abraham was looking forward to the unseen country, to the city of God, the city whose foundations are built by God and who's, where God is the architect. Faith in Hebrews is not a generic, general religious attitude to life. It's not simply believing or difficult or impossible things for the sake of it, as, as, as if simple credulity was a virtue. It is faith which hears and believes the promise of God, the assured word from God, the world's creator, that he is also the world's redeemer, and that through the strange fortunes of Abraham's extended family, he is working to build the city which is to come. The city of God, which will, at the culmination of God's redemptive, which is the culmination of God's redemptive work, when a new heaven and a new earth are redeemed and reformed. From Abraham to the Messiah, the final stage will be the establishment of, of the final city of God. And we, are resu- and we, with resurrected, glorified bodies, will live and work in the presence of and for the king of creation. That is what our faith is in. That's what it says in here. That's, and and it's, it's really easy, um, and I think this is probably the point where I'll stop, and we can talk about it um, 
next time. But it's very easy to make it all about me, to make it all about my personal salvation. And, and absolutely, it is. It's totally all about me and all about you and your personal salvation. But it's about so much more than that. We are, we are saved from our sins for God's work in establishing his new kingdom. So I think I'm going to kind of jump to the end a little bit. Uh, there are some things that came up in our, in, through the service that I just want to sort of maybe see if I can wrap this up with. We sang, Jesus, King of the earth, let the heavens proclaim your worth. One true God defeated the grave. We join with angels and sing your praise. So in that, Jesus, King of the earth, one true God who defeated the grave, those two lines are like the, the kernel, the core of our faith. Jesus is the king of the earth. It's all his. It's all his. However we feel about it, whatever's going on, it's all his. And he has a plan for it. And the, the core, the, the sort of the, the fulcrum, right, of the, the bit that the seesaw tips on is the resurrection. The crucifixion is vitally important. Without it, it's, it's essentially Jesus being enthroned as the king. So that had to happen. But if Jesus had been crucified and there was no resurrection, he would have just been a guy who said some good stuff. The resurrection is the, 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 the guarantee, the first fruits, the promise, the hope that we have. If, if Jesus isn't resurrected, Paul says it. Well, you, you, you're all, you might as well just go back to whatever you're doing. The resurrection as an event in history. Not a mystical thing, not some kind of spiritual resurrection, not something else. As something that happened. Because that event is the start of something. It's the start of the end. No, hang on. It's the beginning of the end in terms of the story of um, fall and, and waiting for the Messiah. So it's the beginning. It's the end of the beginning. It's the end of the beginning and the start of the end. At that moment, when he is enthroned, as weird as that is to say, on the cross and raised to life as the proof and the first fruits of the resurrection. That is, um, in that song, that's what, those, that's what we're singing. He defeated the grave. Resurrection is our hope that we too will be resurrected. Man, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is, it's just cool. Right? Um, and the, the, the last, um, so what have I got here? Oh, my bacon number, no. Um. So I want to go back to the saved from and for stuff uh, and also just talk a little bit about authority and, and trust. But that can wait where I want to end right so if you read Hebrews 11 and 12 as a as a group as a as a um, as one section it talks about faith in God as creator faith in God uh, we'll jump past that but 
We place our faith in God the creator, God the covenant keeper, and God the city builder. And then in Hebrews 12, 12 2, and I was in the worship and in and, and the communion, this really struck me. Um, so if you, if you look through 12, it then starts talking about what it means for us. So there's all this stuff about faith and the heroes of faith and all that. And then, then in 12 he's saying, what does it mean for you? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that cloud of witnesses now includes all the people who have gone before us too, since that was written, right? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So I love it. In, In another version, it talks about how Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And really my prayer for myself and for all of you is that we, we actually have faith that God is going to write his story on our lives. And this is, this is there's this sort of weird tension between the deeply personal nature of the gospel and the cosmic nature of the gospel. And it's really easy to kind of slip into one or the other. And, but... The, 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 the magic of it, the wonder of it, is that the king of the earth, the creator of the universe, wants to write his story on my life and your life and, and work out and, and teach you and, and build your faith to work out your faith with fear and trembling because he has placed the work in front of you. He has placed, uh, and he has a plan for you for your life, to be a part of this story, this grand redemptive story. Isn't it amazing that God, <laughs> God goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I choose you, Rosemary, to, 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 to be, an, to be a, a part of the story. I choose you. I choose, and, and he's choosing us. He says, I choose you. He's choosing people in Korea, North Korea, I think that the, the story of the church in Iran just blows me away. Not only is it, is it one of the, if not, it might even be the fastest growing church in the world at the moment, it is led almost entirely by women. I mean, he's writing such an incredible story on this world and in our lives. And let us trust him for that. And put him at the centre. And as it says, fix our eyes on him. Because he, he's got it together, even if we don't. And I, I certainly don't at all. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, what I'd like to do is just maybe just pray um, with us together and then we can wrap up. So if you could stand with me, that would be great. Lord, we thank you that you are the prodigal God the God that comes running to your children when they appear over the horizon. The God that comes to us in our brokenness, in our fallenness, and picks us up and draws us in and and writes your story on our lives.
it's just it's it's too too much for my meagre brain to handle but i thank you for it lord i thank you that you are the author of our faith and the perfecter of our faith and that your word of truth can speak against all the lies of the enemy and all the lies of the devil and all and that your word of truth can speak to all our doubts and so I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come, Spirit of Truth, that you would come and settle on our minds and in our hearts and on our lives. That we would know your truth, the truth of your promises, the truth of your creation, the truth of your new creation. Lord, bring that and settle it on our minds, that we would be firmly rooted on that that would be firmly stand on the rock of your promises to us you are the covenant keeper I thank you that you you keep your promises to us and that you are making a place for us I thank you for the hope that you give us even in the dark times in times of personal trial or or global pandemic or climate change or whatever the things are that are going on that you have hope for us that you have hope for us as individuals and hope for this world and I thank you for it Lord and I ask that you would plant that hope and the faith in you to deliver on that hope deep in our hearts Lord deep deep in our hearts so that when the, t- when the storms come we will be strongly anchored to you.